0: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.
1: What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Faith Ringgold. If you can't quite place her name, she's one of the most influential artists of the 20th century.
0: Faith Ringgold has had many lives um, as an artist, an educator, an activist, a mother, um, you name it, she's done it.
1: This is Jamila James. She's the curator of a new exhibit at the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago, is called Faith Ringgold, American People.
0: Many people are familiar with her based on her story quilt practice mm-hmm. or Tar Beach, the children's book, which is widely loved and known but there's many facets to her practice. She became a working artist in the the 60s, and the show really starts there with some of her early series of paintings.
1: I checked out this exhibit at the MCA, and what struck me about it, among many other things, was how bold her work is in color and in the socio-political statements that it makes. And she's doing it sometimes with words, but often in her earlier work, just with bodies and forms that she paints. I was so excited to talk to Jamila about the context Faith Ringgold was making her work in.
0: You know, as a Black woman in New York City in the 1960s, there was a lot that she had to contend
1: with. She dealt with both a personal world and a professional art world that was segregated by race, gender, and geography. Ringgold was born in Harlem in 1930. She earned a pair of fine arts degrees from the City College of New York. And while she was teaching art in New York public schools, she started creating a series of paintings called the American People Series. This body of work really gets at kind of the feelings of
0: isolation, looking to find oneself in a social setting where You have support, but there are these factors of racism, sexism that are really shaping your experience.
1: This was before the quilts and the children's books. She was making these paintings that looked at the civil rights movement from a woman's perspective. This is what the MCA show is named after, which, by the way, is Ringgold's first solo presentation in Chicago. Jamila is going to get more into her life, and after six decades of evolution how she thinks Ringo's work would be received today. But first, Jamila describes one of the most jarring political paintings on display at the MCA. It's called Flag for the Moon, and she says it was made in response to the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. Can you describe that piece for me, Flag for the Moon? It is a work that...
0: Faith appropriates the stars and the stripes of the US flag. Within the painting, in the panel where the stars would be, are letters, black letters that are a bit hidden um, within the panel that read die. The stripes are made from letters on their side that when you read them or when you finally notice that it's actually text and not stripes, it reads um, the N-word. So in very plain terms, she articulates how she felt the American government, um, what they were communicating to black people, um, that they could put a flag on the moon but disregard black lives back in the United States and that there was just the priorities were skewed. Mm -hmm. And it's a piece that follows another work that's in the American People series called the U.S. Postage Stamp, commemorating the advent of black power, which also uses hidden text. Um,
1: Yeah, that that piece was extremely striking to me when I came to the exhibit. Um, Yeah, describe that painting to me and what points it makes.
0: I have to say, when I first saw that work at the New Museum, I was floored. It mm-hmm. was in a room with Flag for the Moon and also what is considered uh, Ringgold's masterwork, American People Number 20 Die, which is the last um, work in that series. Unfortunately, we weren't able to include it mm-hmm. in our presentation, but it's those three works that really concisely articulate her concerns at the moment. So the U.S. postage stamp takes the form of a postage stamp. It's a large format painting where there's tiles of white faces that comprise most of it. But on one axis is a row of black and brown faces. And then on the other are letters that spell out black power. However... If you turn your head to the side and look at the painting sideways, you'll notice that the negative space between the the tiled faces reads white power. So what Ringgold is talking about in that respect is the ways that white supremacy aren't necessarily visible to people that it doesn't directly impact. Mm-hmm. So it's a very sophisticated yes. work. Um, it is a very jarring work. You could totally miss those letters in the painting,
1: and that's part of the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those letters are the bigger letters, which speaks to the potency of white power and white supremacy, but that they are hidden (laughs) also speaks to the invisibility of it. it's in plain sight. It takes over,
0: you know, the entire... Horizontal right. axis of the painting, it's much larger than the letters that spell out black power. And also, I should note that the intersection of the black power line and also the black and brown faces line converge mm-hmm. as an X in the center of the painting, which is re- reminiscent of the Confederate flag. So you have ah. this other. Um, Connection to the legacies of slavery in the U.S. and you know the the continued project of um, white supremacist violence and traumas.
1: Yeah. Faith was this this artist activist. Her work is radical. At times, it's sexual. It was political. This is all really original, but it also makes sense for her being a Black woman coming into her craft in the 60s and 70s. Like a lot of folks making big statements back then, um, she got into some legal trouble. And I wonder if you can talk about the Judson Three. Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, So
0: the Judson Three incident uh, comes on the heels of the staging of the People's Flag Show, which was this group show um, that Faith and other artists put together, where artists were kind of meditating on the meaning of the American flag and appropriating the form of the American flag at a time when that was frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Um, She showed Flag for the Moon in that show. Uh, Three people, Faith and two other artists, were arrested and charged with desecration of the American flag. Ultimately, these charges were dropped. But, you know, the fact that we're, you know, in the mid-century and artists are being arrested um, because they are using the flag to address the social circumstances of the time and also to speak back about um, the Vietnam War at the same time, uh, it seems like a very frivolous <laughs> situation, yeah. but it's one that, you know, is very much a part of Faith's story um, because it's this event in the trajectory of the various activist causes that she was um, working with yeah. at the time.
1: Yeah. If Ringgold was com- coming of age today, right, coming into her craft today, how do you think her work would be received differently? Or do you think it would be similar I feel like it would be similar. I think
0: the thing that's very striking about this show and about Faith's body of work overall is its timelessness and its timeliness. Um, So much of what Faith was talking about in the 1960s and the 1970s, unfortunately, are very much still a part of our world today. Talking about the civil rights movement, the black power movement, the feminist movement, They're unfinished projects that are still, you know, part of Mm -hmm. our everyday. Um, There are still instances of violence against black and brown people. Um, It's a daily occurrence. And that was something that Faith was speaking about, you know, in the 1960s. Um, I don't think the work would be that different. I mean, maybe the modes of production might be different, you know, with using a craft-based technique like quilting. You know, there was a lot of conversation, especially amongst women artists, about using craft-based techniques and, like, redefining this notion of women's work. That's not necessarily a conversation that's still being had now with the popularization, for instance, of ceramics. Ceramics have come back in a big way. A lot of artists are using them. It's not—it doesn't necessarily have the potency. The critique doesn't have the potency that it did, Hmm. say, in the 1970s. But I think, by and large, the— Issues that were being addressed in the vehicle um, by which those were being addressed. I think it would be pretty similar.
1: Hmm. Faith Ringgold is also an educator. Mm -hmm. She worked with children, wrote children's books. She's a mother. How does her identity as a nurturer really come up in her work? One of the works that I think is. An important
0: one in the exhibition that gets to these ideas of being a mother protector is the Slave Rape series um, from 72-73, where there is this image of a woman, a pregnant woman, Faith, um, wielding a hatchet, you know, fiercely protecting her unborn child. Um, There's also... This is
1: a self-portrait.
0: Yes, yes. And then there's two other panels that have images of her daughters, Michelle and Barbara. And you know, this idea of, you know, a woman trying to protect her children, um, a work that comments on the history of sexual violence against enslaved people and enslaved women. I think that's one of the first introductions, really, of this nurturer-protector sensibility that emerges in the work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she she herself has said that a, a lot of her work, all of her work, is autobiographical, I haven't come across such an autobiographical and like actual self-portraiture body of work um, besides Frida Kahlo is a person that, that mm-hmm. I think about a lot, that I've thought about a lot as I've been, you know, getting into Faith Ringgold's work. I wonder in your studies and curating, what have you gathered is the significance of self-portraiture as an artist? What What does that say about them? Sure.
0: Um, I would say that self-portraiture... Immediately, might conjure ideas of, you know, wanting to situate oneself in a in a time and a place, um, wanting to really put your presence um, into a history. Mm. I think, as a black woman in particular, working. Um, into the Western art historical canon, it's an opportunity for her to really put herself into that conversation by using portraiture. Um, I am not of the mind that portraiture is any kind of narcissistic pursuit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's really important for artists to start with their selves as subject. And sometimes the work, you know, goes in different directions. But I think it's really important that Ringgold, throughout her work, even if it wasn't a direct representation of her, her voice was consistent, her subjectivity was well represented. And some of the themes of the work are quite universal. So even though it's starting from a personal place, it expands to reach, you know, other audiences Mm -hmm. and reflect other experiences. But I think primarily um, something that she said was you know, portraiture was her way to kind of find her place, find her way Mm. in the world um, initially, especially at a time when there was limited representation of black women in visual art, be it as participants or as subjects within
1: it. Yeah. Faith Ringgold, her work. It has all these themes of history and travel and her own personal experiences, painful and joyful um, altogether. And I mean, she's just one of the most influential cultural figures (laughs) of her generation. Um, I wonder what her work and life have taught you in terms of either creating or appreciating art. I would say one of the things that really
0: sticks with me is how uncompromising she was um, in getting her thoughts and experiences out into the world. I think the willingness to fight for a place at the table and also to be really strident in the language that was being used in her work and the themes that she was wanting to deal with, um, be it racism, sexism violence, trauma, and the like, she really put it all on the table and was really fearless at a time when artists weren't necessarily having that strong of a voice. The fact that one person was able to do all of these Mm. things being an artist, being a teacher, being a writer, having a family life, often it's said that, oh, you have to choose one or the other. And she's proved positive that you don't have to do that. She's really a living legend and so influential. You can see the the scale of her influence in so many younger artists that are exploring, you know, crafting, autobiography, narrative um, et cetera, in their work and doing so unapologetically.
1: Jamila James is the Manalo Senior Curator at the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago. Jamila, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Faith Ringgold, American People, is open right now through February 25th at the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago. The MCA is an underwriter of WBEZ. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brennan Banizak is our executive producer and Ethan Schwab is the engineer for this episode. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR network. If you love the show, rate the show, review the show. It helps more people find The Rundown. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later.